If your leadership plan today is similar to your pre-pandemic plan, you probably have a bad plan because you're not leading after a crisis. You actually have to lead out of one. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, where we are incredibly passionate about helping you grow in your leadership. 20 minutes or so every single month, because we know that everyone wins when the leader gets better. To those of you that might be new to our leadership community, we do release a new teaching on the first Thursday of each month, so you're going to want to subscribe wherever you consume the content. And I also want to encourage you to sign up to get the leader guide. We'll send out summary notes, application questions, additional content, so you can review this content with your team. Just go to life.church slash leadership podcast. Give us your email address, and we'll send you a new leader guide with the release of each new episode. Now, if this content is helpful to you, you can really do a big favor to me. Please write a review or rate the content wherever you consume it. This will help give the content more visibility to others so they can be a part of our community. And also, you can invite others to be a part of our leadership community by posting on social media. I see you out there posting. In fact, Darren Darnborough, I saw you post, and Chelsea Drinkard, shout out to you guys. Tag me when you post, and our team may repost what you're saying so we can invite others to invest in their own leadership as well. So with that, let's dive into new content. What we're going to do is a two-part teaching. This is part one, and part two drops on the third Thursday of this month, so two weeks from today, we'll drop the new episode. And I want to start by stating the painful, obvious truth that our world has been through over two years of extreme trauma. And you know what we've been through, but the pandemic shut down the world. We've had countless tragic deaths. We've had political division. We've had the ongoing racial tension. We've had economic inconsistencies. And now we've got all sorts of new problems, supply chain issues. You can't get anything delivered to you. You've got soaring inflation. You've got soaring wages. The Fed raised the interest rate. You've got uh, high employee turnover in many organizations. And of course, you've got the war in Ukraine and the whole world feels very, very unsettled. Well, I want to tell you in leadership language how I've been processing the latest season. With three decades of leadership experience, that means I'm getting kind of old. Well, I've seen most different types of what you might call leadership seasons or leadership situations or leadership environments. I thought that I've seen almost all the different things you could see until I realized that I've never led in a season like we're in now. And the reality is, neither of you. None of us have led in this very unique season. And what I want to do is try to unpack it for you in this episode and in the next one. So here's what's been going on in my mind. Uh, I have been so focused on leading well in crisis. Heads down, hands on, intense leadership in crisis that there's three things I didn't notice about this current season. I'll tell you what those three things are. The first thing I didn't notice is the toll that crisis leadership took on me. I didn't realize how difficult this was and how much kind of I was beaten down in the crisis leadership mode. The second thing I didn't notice is the toll that crisis leadership took on our leaders. They've been paying a real price and we've just been working and I didn't realize just the weight they've been carrying and the toll that they've been enduring. The third thing I didn't notice is that we've entered a completely unchartered season of organizational leadership. And let me say it again. 
I, I can't overstate how important this is, that right now, the season we're leading in, it is uncharted. We have not led through this type of season in any of our leadership, and I want to unpack all of those, but I'm going to spend the most time on the third one, and then we'll really spend a lot of time in the next episode. Let's talk about the first thing, because this may hit you as a leader. Number one, I didn't realize the toll that crisis leadership took on me. Like you, for the last two years, I've been heads down, hands on, focused in an intense leadership season. And due to the ongoing intensity, I was just kind of in the game trying to lead well. I didn't realize how emotionally exhausted, mentally depleted, and even spiritually fatigued that I was. I want to slow it down for a moment because this will speak to a significant percentage of you. Most of you may be in a very same place. You don't realize the toll that the last couple of years have taken on you because you've been in the game, you've been leading with intensity, you've had passion, you've had focus. And there are many of you, and I want you to hear this, many of you, you're not just tired right now. You're not just tired, you're depleted. And there's a really, really big difference. You aren't just tired but you're depleted. If you're tired, you can take a nap. <laughs> you can go on a vacation. But you aren't just tired, you're depleted, you're empty. And so you don't just need time off, you need time to refill. You need to replenish your leadership energy because you'll never lead well when you're on empty. If you don't refill, if you are depleted in your leadership, you have to refill or your leadership is always going to be limited. And I want to just kind of get into your personal business for a minute and tell you, it is absolutely up to you. No one is coming to rescue you. No one is going to help you do this. You have to take the initiative on your own, not just to rest, but to refill, to do something that builds your faith, your energy, that is engaging your mind in a new way. And you have to refill so that you can give out. In fact, I've talked openly about working with a performance psychologist uh, for quite some time. And what he helped me do is to do activities to, in order to refill, I have to disconnect my mind. Probably like many of you, my mind is always spinning on leading the organization. I'm always thinking about issues. I think about them when I wake up. I think about them in the middle of the night when my mind drifts. My mind drifts to work-related issues. And so in order for me to refill and be at my best, I have to disconnect my mind. So how do you do that? And here's the key. It's going to be different for all of us. For some people, they're going to disconnect their mind by relaxing. That might be gardening or working with their hands or reading or meditating. For my personality type, my counselor helped me understand I need intense activity. I need something that's high adrenaline and something that even feels dangerous to me. Hence, what I've talked about before is I've been doing jujitsu for a little over a year. I've been taking flying lessons. I just passed my written exam. Now I have my oral and my check ride before I get my pilot's license. Are those things really dangerous? They're pretty safe, but when there's um, a guy much stronger than me smushing my head on a mat or I'm trying to land a plane by myself, it feels really, really intense. And what it does is it disconnects my mind and that helps me to refill. So what I want you to do in your leadership is I want you to take a moment, and you may discuss this with your team, and assess where you are. And I want you to look at four different areas and be really, really honest. How are you physically? Meaning when you're leading intensely, sometimes your physical health slips. You might start eating um, comfort food. You might not sleep as much. You might start using medicine to get to sleep, or you might start using too much caffeine to get going. You might not be exercising because you've been going, how are you physically? Also, you want to look at emotionally. Leading well takes an extraordinary amount of emotional 
energy. And when you give out and give out and give out, if you don't replenish your emotional health, you're going to find yourself in a very compromised state. Also look at your relationships. Anyone who's leading intensely will oftentimes neglect some of their key relationships, and that puts them in a very compromised situation. As it goes in your home, so it goes with you everywhere else that is primary to your effective leadership and anything that matters in life. And then look at your life spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Sometimes we get distracted from what really, really matters in life because we get so focused on the urgent problems, we tend to forget what's really, really important. It's a little bit like this. If you've ever been in a fight, or if you've ever played some intense sports, what happens is if you're in a fight, you take a punch or you're in the game and someone hits you, it doesn't really hurt because your adrenaline is so high. But afterwards you go, oh man, that was a real blow. Oh man, I'm, I'm really hurt. Oh, you know, you start to assess, am I injured? And this is very likely how many of you have been leading. You've been in such an intense battle that you don't recognize the battle has taken a toll on you. Assess where you are. Assess honestly, and what you want to do is you want to make some adjustments. You may not be just tired, but you may be depleted, and if you're tired, you can take a nap. If you're depleted, you actually need to refill because you can't give out consistently without refilling occasionally. We have to do this, and so I want to encourage you to, to really take a look. In order to continue to lead well, you have to take care of yourself. The first thing I didn't notice was the toll that this season took on me. The second thing that I didn't notice was the toll that crisis leadership took on our leaders. Chances are you're surrounded by really good leaders. And like you, we have world-class, durable, and very consistent leaders. But think about what they've endured. On top of all the organizational challenges, most of your team members experienced different forms of, let's just call it trauma. They've had emotional challenges. They've experienced significant personal loss. Many of our team members lost loved ones. Some lost relationships. Everybody's dealing with crazy, right? A lot of people lost a sense of peace in their lives. They lost a sense of purpose. And the great leaders on your team, I want to promise you, just like you, they paid an extremely high price. They've made extraordinary sacrifices. When you think about what you experienced in your leadership, think about what you went through. You had the excruciating weight of leading in the middle of a crisis. And if you're on the top of the leadership chain, there are many times you felt like the whole organization rested on your shoulders. You felt the entire weight of all of the leadership energy, but your team felt something similar. In the same way that you felt the weight of sustaining your organization, your leaders felt the weight of their area because in their area, the buck stops with them. So not only do they feel the weight of leading in their area, but watch this. They also feel the weight of pleasing you. And if you're an intense leader like me, you're probably sometimes difficult to please. And so that's a lot of pressure on the leaders that you love. And here's what happens. Whenever your leaders feel this intense ongoing pressure, they don't tend to perform well over time. What happens is the pressure starts to weigh in on them. They start to feel maybe defensive. They start to wonder, is it worth it? They start to ask, does what I do matter? And then they start to wonder, would I be better using my gifts somewhere else? And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing what people are calling the great resignation. People are leaving where they are and they're trying to go somewhere else because they've been through so much. And as a leader, you'll be really, 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 really wise to recognize we're not just leading in a crisis, 
but we're leading out of a crisis. And even though some things may be settling, there's so many things that are still incredibly unsettled, and the most unsettled thing might be many of your leaders right now. The problem with unsettled leaders is this. What do unsettled leaders create? Unsettled leaders create unsettled followers. And if your top leaders right now are unsettled, or if you're unsettled, it's gonna be impossible to lead well deep into your organization. And that's why in the next episode, we're gonna talk about how do we correct this? How do you help your team members? How do you help settle them? How do you help them heal, motivate, appreciate them? How do you lead out of the season that we're in into a season of health? And this is really, really important. Three things I didn't realize. Number one, I didn't realize the toll that crisis leadership was taking on me. Number two, I didn't realize the toll that crisis leadership was taking on our leaders. And number three, and this is where I wanna spend the most time, I didn't notice that we were in a completely uncharted season of leadership. And I cannot overstate how important this is. It was like a light bulb went off in my mind, and I'll try to explain what happened. Um, as one who's been leading for over three decades, okay, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of water under the bridge. I've seen a lot. And it's not because I'm good, it's just because I've had a lot of experience in most different environments. And I'll kind of summarize what our team is good at. Our team knows how to start things. We start organizations, we launch ministries, we launch apps. Uh, we know how to shut down things that aren't working. We know how to scale up, we know how to scale down. Um, we know how to see problems early and solve them quickly. We know how to lead in different organizational life cycles. We create systems in Whitewater or GoGo. We're good in Prime. We recognize the rut. We know how to reorganize. We have experience leading through localized crises. We have experience leading through short-term international crises, times of war, global terrorism, domestic terrorism. We lead in bull markets and in bear markets. We live, lead in economic booms and in economic crashes. We have a lot of experience. So. I wrongly assumed, and I can't tell you how big a mistake this was, I wrongly assumed that leading after a crisis was similar to leading before one, and I could not be more wrong. And that's all, I wanna say it again. If your leadership plan today is similar to your pre-pandemic plan, you probably have a bad plan because you're not leading after a crisis, you have to lead out of one. This is your most important role right now, and it takes an entirely different mindset to lead out of a crisis. Because listen, none of us, there's no one alive that's ever led out of a two-year world-altering global crisis. This is a different gear, this is a different mindset, this is a different strategy, and I wanna dive deep into how do we do it in the next episode, because most leaders I see right now, including me, they're trying to go back to what they call like business as usual. We just wanna go back and do what we did before, but there's nothing usual about the economy, there's nothing usual about your team morale, there's nothing usual about the future. What are you leading into? You're leading into the most rapid changing, uncertain, unsettled world that we've seen in our lifetime. And to the extent at which you realize that fact will determine your capacity for effectiveness moving forward. The world has changed. Your leaders have changed. And I want you to stop for a moment and think about what your leaders or your volunteers or your coworkers, I want you to think about what is different about the people that you serve with over the last couple of years. They've had totally different work rhythms. 
we're working hard normally, then we're working from home, then we're coming back, then we're not coming back, then we're wearing masks, then we're doing meetings, then we're doing Zoom. They've had totally different work rhythms. And what you've had very likely is you've had some new leaders emerge. I know we have. Like, hey, that, that gal, we didn't know who she was, but now she's killing it. That guy, where'd he come from? He's doing great. You've had kind of like some new heroes. And you've had other ones who were good that they're actually struggling right now. So the leadership dynamics have probably shifted. Here's what you've also had. You've probably had some new relationships form on your team. You've probably had some new systems emerge because we're doing things differently. Bottom line is this. Your team members, they are very, very different than they were two years ago. Some of them, they have distinctly different priorities. Some of them, they don't want to work as much. They want to work from home. They don't, they don't want to do what they used to do. Others, they're more passionate. They want to do more. They see opportunities. Some of them, they have different values. They have different goals. And that's why I just want to say it. If you lead now like you led before, you will not succeed in your leadership. Now, here is the big new idea for me that's really been reshaping how I'm attacking this season. I've discovered, and you could argue with this and it may not be true, but my theory is this, that leading out of a crisis is actually more difficult than leading in one. Let me say it again. It's my theory that leading in this complicated season out of a crisis is actually more difficult than leading through a crisis. And the reason is because when you're in the middle of a crisis, when you're shutting things down, when you're, when you're all hands on deck, you're fully focused, you instinctively know that you have to do four things. When you're in the middle of a crisis, you have to act decisively. You don't have time to sit around and have long meetings. You act decisively. Number two is you adjust swiftly. Everything is up for debate and you're gonna make changes. Number three, you communicate frequently. You know you need to. Number four, you can serve cash because you know cash is king. You act decisively, you adjust swiftly, you communicate frequently, you can serve cash, and you instinctively know that you do those things. Now, what's happening? Um, the world in many places is starting to reopen. The external pressure that we felt 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that's starting to lessen in many places. And so what happens is in our leadership mindset, we're tempted to scale back a little bit on our leadership intensity. And that honestly is kind of what I did. Okay, so my leadership's not as important. I don't have to be quite as urgent. I don't have to communicate quite as much. Massive, massive mistake. Because I would submit to you, it is my theory, that leading out of a crisis is likely more difficult leading through one. When you're in the middle of the crisis, you're intense, you're hands-on, and now so many people are letting up. And honestly, it's not great news, but it's the truth. This is not the time we need to let up. So in the next episode, what we're going to do is we're going to get really, really practical. We're going to get down into the weeds. We're going to talk about a very defined strategy. And I'm going to give you the six keys to leading out of a crisis. And what I want to say to you right now is this so, so true. Your leadership matters more than you can imagine. And so I want to encourage you to go back through all of these thoughts and, and dive into them. Assess your leadership. Because I'm guessing that if you lead at any type of intense level, this season has taken an intense toll on you. Assess where you are. Do what it takes, not just to rest, but to refill. Then I want you to look at the leaders around you because it's really easy to take great people for granted and we cannot take great people for granted. We tend to think that great people are always gonna be in a great place, but we've got great people that are not in a great place right now. And it's your role as a leader to find out who is struggling and it's your role as a leader to bring help to them. It's gonna help make your organization better. It's gonna show that you care 
and you do care, and so that's really, really important. And then we need to re recognize that we're in an entirely uncharted territory. And even though things seem to be getting a little bit easier in some places in, in the world, and obviously um, I don't wanna downplay all the massive challenges globally that so many people have and the pain, and there's still people dying, and we know all that, but things are opening back up. And so some leaders are taking a sigh. You need to take one quick sigh and you need to get your head back down and lead like you've never led before because leading out of a crisis may be more complicated than leaving, leading in one. Now, I wanna tell you this, I'm gonna work really, really hard to bring great leadership content that adds value to you. I'm gonna to work to do it, and we're not monetizing this, we're not doing ads or anything. This is my gift to you. Your gift to me would be to rate it, review it, share it, invite people to be a part, make sure you get the leadership guide. Um, share like crazy, invite people to be a part because we know that everyone wins when the leader gets better. We'll see you in two weeks. Be intentional about your leadership because your leadership matters more than ever before. You don't have to know it all, be yourself, show up because we know that people would rather follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right.